What is going on, everybody? Johnny Pember here with Andrew Cooper. Welcome into the Quick Out Fantasy Football Podcast here, breaking down best ball underdog quarterback ADPs here, Coop. So far, we've broken down the running back and wide receiver positions here. Diving into a little bit of quarterback talk here today, man. Yeah, buddy. I mean, this is your this is your uh, your game here, John. You're the quarterback whisperer. Next week, we'll do tight ends. That's my game. But uh, you're the quarterback guy. And we have a special guest with us today. I have people working on my house. I don't know how quiet they're going to be. I told them anytime they disagree with a take, just bang a hammer really loud or yell at each other. So I'm sure they'll be weighing in at some point during the show. But for the most part, it'll be you and me talking quarterbacks. Let's get it. Yeah, like I said, don't need to waste too much time uh, from what we got going on here. Uh, we'll give a little quick shout out, you know, to the stuff we got going on at Fantasy Alarm. If you're watching the stream or you're looking, listening in on, uh, you go to facealarm.com slash all pro promo code NFL 50, or since we have Andrew Cooper here, promo code Coop, we'll save you 50% off the first six months of our all pro package there. That's $19.98 a month for the first six months. I'll take you right through the first month plus of the NFL season. Plus right now we also have a seven day free trial included to so sign up. Try us out for seven days. You get access to all of our content on site, not just whatever premium NFL content we have going on, but MLB, DFS, NHL, NBA, PGA, NASCAR, MMA, you name it. We cover it. All that right now you can get for a seven-day free trial uh, when you sign up for the all-pro package there. And, of course, you got to download the free Better Sports Network app in your iTunes and Google Play Store. You can take part in BetterCast, get in on some of the contests that we're doing there, the on-demand content, and uh, win some cool prizes there. So, Coop, taking care of the housekeeping. I yeah, think I'd say I just want to add now is such a good time to use that seven day trial because you can jump in, get the end of basketball, uh, not the end of the Celtics. We're going to win these next three games, right. but uh, you're going to get the very tail end of basketball here. You're going you're to get playoff hockey. You're going to get all this dynasty content. If you jump in now for a week, you can get in one of the best ball drafts that we're doing with family members right now. I mean, technically, you're a member, right? So right. jump in, do one of those uh, to get set up. Use promo code underdog. They'll, uh, sorry, use promo code Fantasy Alarm on Underdog. They'll match 100% of your deposit up to $100. That way you can get in best ball drafts with us. But yeah, yep. that's all the housekeeping. That's what we got going on now. Get in. QR code on the screen for Underdog too. You want to scan your phone? You we got all that technology on you. You can scan the QR code uh, and take advantage of what we got going on there. So, yeah, Coop, buddy. Uh, let's bring it up. Let's uh, let's talk about some quarterback ADP here, uh, especially for Underdog Fantasy and the best ball drafts that we're taking a peek at. Uh, I, I got to tell you, man, this is maybe – we occasionally have had quarterbacks go this early before. We have three quarterbacks going in the second round right now. It's boggers. And the reasoning for this, in my opinion, and I, I don't even think it's that large uh, you know, out there opinion, is simply the fact that stacking is such an important part of best ball drafts, it feels like, especially in best ball mania, that when you look at that first round – of skill position players, you have a Travis Kelsey, you have a Stefan Diggs, you have an AJ Brown, all number one targets in that offense. And because the importance of stacking is there, it then I think is pushing the ADPs of the quarterbacks into that second round. Cause you have guys drafting in the middle to end of the first and they want to get those quarterbacks. So with their second pick, they're, they're taking that pair. They're taking Josh Allen, Jalen Hurts, Patrick Mahomes to go with their Kelsey Diggs and Brown selections. Uh, that is my only thinking. It, it is again, we've seen Josh Allen or Patrick Mahomes go at the end of the second round before, you know, kind of float in that range, but they have three quarterbacks going in round two. That, that, that is 
really the only thing I can think of. It's the stacking element pushing those ADPs. It's a big part of it, man. It absolutely is. Because uh, we've seen plenty of mobile QBs in the past, and it hasn't been like this. Like, And we've seen, you know, Tom Brady throws 50 touchdowns. Peyton Manning throws 50 touchdowns. Patrick Mahomes throws 50 touchdowns. The following year, people go crazy. Uh, the Cam Newton year when he was the MVP, and he threw 36 and ran for 10. Mm-hmm. Like, pe- the following year, everyone jumps and grabs those guys. But that mistake has been made so many times now where, you know, they just because they throw 50 touchdowns one year, they – you know, they don't the next, uh, like that mistake's made so many times. We, we kind of saw that going away, but now you're right with this stacking situation. And the crazy part is you would think that it would be like Allen hurts Mahomes, just those guys. But because both chase and T Higgins go so early, that moves Joe Burrow up too. Right. So then you have the mobile yeah. QBs going and then it kind of falls off a little bit. So let's talk about these first couple guys. Yeah, I'll do my best for the people watching on their phones, watching at homes. I know we have people that just listen, so we'll go through the ADPs for the people listening on the app as well. Uh, but the first round, you know what it's like because we've been going through it. It's all yeah. running, it's all running backs, wide receivers, and Travis Kelsey. In the right. second round, you got to make a decision, uh, especially you know with like the Kel- you got to decide if you want to block the Kelsey owner from getting the homes. But the guys going around these quarterbacks, we have. Uh, Jonathan Taylor, Garrett Wilson, Amon Ross St. Brown, Saquon Barkley, Jalen Waddle. This is based on underdog ADP from this week. And then you get Mahomes, Jalen Hurts, Nick Chubb goes in there, and Josh Allen. Following that is like Chris Olave, Tony Pollard, Devonta Smith. And you can kind of feel where it is. Like right at the end of the guys that people believe are truly number one elite wide yeah. receivers, people are just saying, hey, I'm just taking the QB at this point. So right. uh, let me zoom it in so uh, people get a good idea what's going yeah, on. Yeah, so you, got, you said we, we got Josh Allen here. Patrick Mahomes, Jalen Hurts, Josh Allen. That's the order of these uh, quarterbacks coming off the board here. Uh, listen, I, I don't need to talk, I think, any more about Jalen Hurts. Uh, okay. Last year, I was maybe his biggest champion, at least uh, in our in our circles, it feels like. You know, I was, I was all in on Jalen Hurts at his ADP. Now, again, he was much further down the draft board then than he is this year. And you have to make that that commitment investment. Now, you and I talked at wide receivers. If I am taking Jalen Hurts, I am actually going to look to target Devonta Smith this year instead of A.J. Brown so I can get that RB1 or a you know, wide receiver, something different in, in that spot there. Um, you know, I, I am taking these quarterbacks only if I find myself in a position to draft one of those first uh you know stackable plays there uh, otherwise i generally look to wait a little bit on my quarterback spot so i have no gripes for anybody that is taking mahomes hurts or allen they're the top scoring quarterbacks they're with elite stacks it's how you play best ball you got to go ahead and get it there no qualms of this tier whatsoever yeah now my question is like if you're the guy that takes like Cooper Cup or Tyreek Hill like are you still pulling the trigger on a Josh Allen generally or are you kind of skewing towards stacking there like let's just look at this ADP that we have up right now like say you were the guy that took Tyreek Hill or Cooper Cup are you taking Nick Chubb or Tony Pollard or a, a second wide receiver there or would you be willing to take any of those quarterbacks if they're there? I mean, it all, I guess it all depends on what your we, – we talk a lot. Go into a draft with a strategy and then adjust as you're there. If you want to take Tyreek Hill at four, and maybe your plan isn't a stack with, with Tua, right? So you take Tyreek Hill at four, you're coming back around Josh Allen or Patrick Mahomes or whatever still on the board. You could take that quarterback with the intention of still stacking – 
uh, you know, uh, take a Kadarius Tony later in the draft, or you know, Mahomes does never ha- outside of Kelsey. There's plenty of other options you can throw the football to. Josh Allen, maybe not so much. I know you're a big Dalton Kincaid fan. Uh, Jalen Hurts again. His top two quarter uh, wide receivers are going in the first three rounds, so kind of difficult to to snag that. But you you could in theory take Hill, and if Hurts slides, take Hurts and then go Devonta Smith. Certainly a, a possibility there. Um, but at that point, you're kind of just comfortable with playing these one-offs. You know, a lot of guys, you talk about stacking correlation is what a lot of people like to do with their best ball drafts here. But I also talk about, like, I want guys that could be the 101 of their position. So I take Tyreek Hill, and then I go take one of those top quarterbacks, and I just kind of figure out the rest of the position, you know, there. You can go ahead and take a player and then stack the wide receivers. You don't need to stack the quarterback necessarily or stack an offense without the quarterback. We see that happen all the time, too. Yeah, I personally end up a lot of times getting in this range, and I am really hesitant to take some of these quarterbacks if I'm not stacking. Like, I have noticed, I went back and looked through my drafts in preparation of this because we've done a bunch of these so far. I've very, I've, I've not one time taken Joe Burrow in a best ball draft when I didn't have Jamar Chase or T. Higgins at his right. ADP. Because just, I'll take Lamar Jackson, I'll take Justin Fields because they have that standalone mobile upside. But I just, I find that. One, I don't take him unless I have those guys. And two, somebody else is doing it. Like right. once you draft Jamar Chase, your 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 mind immediately puts Joe Burrow on the back burner and says, I, I'm gonna get him at some point if he's there. So yeah. it's it's funny how that happens. As we get further down, for me, it doesn't happen as much. Like, like you said, there's only certain guys you can stack. With Justin Herbert, I personally, when I have Keenan Allen, I just I I can't pull the trigger. I don't know why. What about with Justin Herbert? Are you so doing a lot actually, of stats? So I've, I've actually tweeted about this here um, that I feel like the Chargers are actually the more interesting stack because one, we consider them to be an elite offense, uh, expected to score a lot of points. Herbert is always in the conversation to be among the top quarterbacks, uh, you know, in fantasy football. Right? He has that passing yard upside. He has that passing touchdown upside. He even offers a little bit of mobility. And you don't have to touch the Chargers stack until rounds four, five, you know, in that range where Mike Williams, Justin Herbert, Keenan Allen all go off the board. Uh, I've been championing taking Austin Eckler where he's going at the end of first round. I, I again, uh, I've seen him start to move up since he inked that contract, but he was the RB1 and RB2 in this format the last two years, and he's going at the end of the first round. You could snag Eckler, then take a couple of guys in the middle rounds, and then round four, go Keenan Allen, round five, Justin Herbert, or flip it. Um, to make sure you get your stack there. So I love Chargers. I find myself getting a lot of Chargers stacks um, just because the way the board, the board is falling to me. Uh, that elite quarterback is sitting there in round five with his one and two wide receivers. What did we talk about, Coop, last year? Uh, th- there was only a handful of offenses that had wide receivers. Uh, it was at the top 20 or something like that, right? And, and Allen and Williams right there. So Of the top 20 wide receivers, 10 of them came from only five teams, which means that 17 teams didn't have a wide receiver in the top 20. So you're right. You want to do that. And I will say this, uh, now that I think about it, Austin Eckler, as you mentioned, just they paid him a little extra money to keep him around. He'll be a free agent next year. Uh, Kellen Moore's coming in. And Mike McCarthy said that he kind of had a disagreement with Kellen Moore because Kellen Moore wants to throw the ball a ton. He wants to score all the time. And Mike McCarthy wants to run the ball and rest his defense. Well, give me the side of that in fantasy football that's scoring way too many points like right. 
right. in fantasy football, you can never score too many points for me. Yeah, so I, 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 I just I love the Chargers just given the current ADPs. I've grabbed I've grabbed a lot of shares to them. I hope hope it works out. Right. Uh, but they're just too valuable where they're going in drafts right now. Now, so I kind of, I will, uh, the way I group them here, and you can see them highlighted on there, I'll try to zoom in for anybody that uh, is having, you know, but it might not be like, again, watching on mobile. Those guys I kind of group together in the next tier where it's, you got the two mobile QBs, then you have uh, Burrow and Justin Herbert, and those guys are stackable. In this next group, uh, you know, there are some stacks to be had, but it's not, there aren't as many options, right? So I look at it uh, with a guy like, uh, even a guy like Lamar Jackson, but a guy like I Sean say, Watson. Yeah, I mean, Lamar Jackson and Justin Fields are there. You talk to mobile quarterbacks. Um, you know, Lamar's an interesting guy because obviously Mark Andrews is right there. So if he, you know, and we consider him to be the number one option to, to pair Lamar Jackson with, we know that the um, mobility is there for Lamar as well as a standalone play. But his essentially, you know, his number one, number two, and number three wide receivers don't come off the board till way later in the draft. So you can go ahead and take Lamar Jackson, fill in almost the rest of your roster, and then where, where's where's Flowers? Flowers comes off the board round. Yeah, well, he's pretty look. deep. You can have yeah, him. I'm trying to look quickly three. here to see if I can identify him there. He's round eight. So, I mean, yeah. that's the first wide receiver coming off the board. Not, it's not Mark Andrews. So, right. you know, same thing with Justin Fields. Like, sure, uh, DJ Moore's coming off the board shortly after he gets picked. Um, but you look at sort of the rest of that offense and they're, they're, you know, Chase Maple is my highest drafted player right now an underdog because he is my last pick almost every draft. Nobody's touching him. And I'm like, well, I'll just throw the dart and hope that, you know, they made the trade for him. They send a good draft pick to get him that they'll utilize him this year. And I'll tell you one thing about that Chase Claypool pick is that we haven't really seen those guys play together because right. Chase, Chase Claypool can't join the team. He needed to get ramped up, right? So he was playing like 30 to 40% snap shares early on. The one game he plays a big snap share with Justin Fields. Well, actually, so he plays three games getting ramped up. Justin Fields then misses a game completely when Chase gets ramped up to like 60%. The next game, Chase plays 63% of the snaps. They connect on five of six targets, and then Claypool hurts his knee. So they go in the bye week. Claypool misses the next two games. He comes back, plays like a 30% share, and then guess what? End of the season, Fields is all banged up for running from a thousand yards, and they sit Fields for the last game of yep. the year. So we we really got one game, sixty percent of the snaps where Claypool hurt his knee, caught five or six targets. So I, you know, I think there's upside there. I like that yeah. stack, and I think that you know, Kev Topkins near shout out Kev Topkins not only joining us today in the chat, but also he created this graphic. He created it for the Lightning <laughs> Round. So yeah, shout out Kev Topkins, really pulling his weight on this one. Uh, but yeah. It says it's hard to backfill the elite quarterbacks, but Galaxy Brain strategy in tournaments is to run the mobile ones without a stacking partner. I'm on board with stacking late, especially with these ambiguous wide receiver rooms. I just wrote the article on Fantasy Alarm on yeah. ambiguous wide receivers and how to use that to your advantage. So I kind of like the idea of going for these guys. Like, you know, uh, this next tier we'll talk about here. Uh, for those listening at home, uh, basically you have, Allen hurts Mahomes going in the second round. Lamar Jackson goes in the third. Uh, Joe Burrow and Justin Fields go by the end of the fourth virtually every time. Justin Herbert's the only guy going in the fifth. And now in the sixth and seventh, you only have two guys going over this stand. So it does cool off a little bit. You have uh, Trevor Lawrence going in the sixth. Deshaun Watson, in average, going in the ninth. Uh, John, these two guys are ones where not only can you grab them, but again, ambiguous stacks. We think it's Calvin Ridley. Right, we think it's Christian Kirk. 
Yeah. Jay Jones was pretty decent, though, especially in best ball. Uh, Ingram's out there still floating around. Got that tight end eligibility. And then Deshaun Watson after Amari Cooper, it's pretty wide open. So, I mean, do you, yeah. are you going for these guys at all, John? Or uh, So, I don't have any Watson stacks yet. I do have some Trevor Lawrence. Um, you know, I, I've taken some Calvin Ridley. Lawrence and Kirk are kind of around one another in, in uh, ADPs, usually on draft board. So, you can kind of take a peek at them where, where they fall. Um, the Calvin Ridley thing is such an X factor because you just don't know, right? The, the reports were that he's going to fill in the Marvin Jones role um, via that outside wide receiver for them. And like, how does that play, right? We saw Lawrence, it felt like Lawrence struggled at times when guys were moved to the outside, right? So, you know, is Ridley and Lawrence going to be able to connect uh, really looks great so far running around in shorts, you know, that's good. To, that's good to know. But like, where's the comfortability? Where's the connection? He has that with Kirk already. He has that with Zay Jones already. Evan Ingram, like he has that chemistry. So you have to see yeah. it work now with Calvin Ridley. And I want to say one thing about Calvin Ridley, right? So there's a, every time a team loses their alpha wide receiver and the next guy has to take that step forward, we get a moment of truth. Sometimes that guy really doesn't do well in one-on-one uh, beating the jam, facing the top corner. Sometimes they do. With a guy like CD Lamb, with Amari Cooper gone, he thrived. Man, he had his best season. He had no problem beating the top cover guys, even without much across from him to help draw coverage. And didn't always uh, have Dak either. Didn't always have Dak either, right? Didn't have Michael Gallup a lot of the time. Like he was just kind of flying solo, and he looked good. With Calvin Ridley, when they traded Julio Jones in uh, 2021, which was the last time we saw him play. He people forget that he played like five or six games and it was pretty bad, man. Like it was not good. Calvin Ridley, we were before he got suspended. I was we were already talking about can we even start this guy in fantasy football? Right. So you have to keep that in the back of your mind that maybe if he does come in, he starts facing the top corners. Sometimes quarterbacks do decide just to take the low hanging fruit. If you're gonna, if Calvin Ridley's not getting separation, he's having trouble versus the top corner. Why not? Why force it to him when you have Christian Kirk? and Evan Ingram. I still like taking the shot on him, but just keep that in the back of your mind. Don't go too crazy forcing that stack if you have Trevor Lawrence because there are cheaper options that you can get later on. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you 100%. And this is where it kind of gets a little interesting the next year for me. Um, Dak Prescott going in in the, this next round, right? Uh, QB 11 off the board. You know, you get C.D. Lamb at the end of the first round, early second, depending on how that draft goes. And, you know, that's an elite pairing. I, I love C.D. Lamb. I've taken him in a lot of drafts. Um, I was all geared up uh, with our uh, best ball invitational last week. And right ahead of me, Jen Piacenti picked her, picked him the pick before me. I was pretty upset about that. Um, but I, I love getting Dak Prescott where I can with C.D. Lamb. The question is like, you know, what, where do you go? after that like brandon cooks is there but i don't find myself often being able to get brandon cooks unless i reach for him the way the board sort of has fallen for me personally um you know so if you're doing that full stack with dak it's dak and cd lamb and then you're going for one of their tight ends right like that's kind of the next pair for him it's not like the old all right it's for sure Gallup and lamb it's for sure amari cooper and x right it's you know i know it's brandon cooks here but it's been difficult to get him uh in pairings i do i like dak a lot here and then richardson i mean there have been reports that he's looking pretty good in in Mm. spring camp starting mechanics look pretty good um last year the the my wide receiver to avoid was michael pittman this year i have a lot of michael pittman 
again, one, it's where his ADP is going. Uh, like that he's just in the middle rounds there floating around. Uh, you can get him as a wide receiver two or wide receiver three, depending on how heavy you go early in drafts at wide receiver. He's the number one wide receiver on that offense. Uh, and you think defenses are going to be playing more to stop the run, and that can give some favorable spots for Michael Pittman. So if Richardson does take that leap, he offers that mobility upside that we like. Uh, we look for these mid to late round quarterbacks with rushing upside. Jalen Hurts was basically in the same spot two years ago where you find Richardson right now in the eighth round. So and and you want those guys that are running the high A dot routes because you know the the fear is the quarterback who doesn't throw it, who just runs. Right. He's he's only running. Justin Fields did a little bit of that, but there were times where Justin Fields, if you can buy that extra time, whoever's the guy that's downfield can break off big chunk plays. We saw Mooney make that crazy one-handed catch. We've seen it with, you know, if Marquise Brown could catch the ball a little better, Lamar Jackson and him would have connected for a ton of those in that one year that they did throw, uh, you know, anywhere at a reasonable level, which is they didn't do most years with Greg Roman. But right. that's what you get. Like when Mahomes, the beauty of Mahomes is he's always looking to throw. So right. he, he has the escapability, but he always wants to throw it. And that's where you get those big chunk plays. If Anthony Richardson gets big chunk yardage rushing because of that, teams know right. he's looking to throw. And that's why it's so frustrating watching if you're playing against Patrick Mahomes is teams are covered downfield because he's waiting, he's waiting, he's waiting. And then he just decides to pull it down 20 yards open downfield for him just to get a big chunk run out of that. So Bingo. But the historic uh, best example of that is Russell Wilson, right? Russell Wilson was the king of creating that space and then finding Tyler Lockett, finding these guys downfield. Maybe he can bring that back, but that's what we want to see. You could see that from Richardson. The thing with Richardson, man, is that the cat's out of the bag on the, you know, Konami code QBs and the late round QBs. He's yeah. going, his average is 10, but I've seen him go higher than Lawrence, higher than Watson. Like people want shares of this guy. Yeah. Uh, you know, and I look at this group in general, just my general take on it. So we have, for those just listening at home, uh, we left off with Lawrence and Watson round seven. Uh, rounds eight, you have Prescott and Richardson going. And then round 11, you have Tua, Cousins, Daniel Jones all going. And just looking at, whenever I'm looking at my my queue, the presence of Dak Prescott and Tua make me not want to draft Trevor Lawrence and Deshaun Watson. I do draft Lawrence when he slides from ADP, when he starts, when he, you know, when no one's taking him in, yeah. in the sixth or seventh, then I'm just like, you know, what, I might as well take the guy now because I got to get a QB. But just sitting there saying, looking at it, I always say to myself, hey, everyone's got a QB. I can just wait a little bit. I'll just take whoever's there out of Tua or Dak. So, you yeah. Know, it's it's a psychological thing, but I, I find myself feeling pretty good about those guys, even yeah. without stacking them. Two is interesting again because we, we talked about it last year, and he was QB seventeen off the board, and we were like, "All right, he's QB seventeen, but his wide receivers are going, you know, wide receiver five, wide receiver was like fifteen or something that would Waddle and Hill." And we questioned, "What? Well, who's right? Who's wrong? Either either." Tua is going way too late right. in drafts, or these wide receivers are going too early. Turned out Tua is going way too late. Now, he's QB 12, but he was on pace to be greater than QB 12 last year if it wasn't for the head injuries, and his wide receivers are still going. Wide receiver, what, three and wide receiver, you know, top 10, right? So wherever Waddle's coming off the board. So isn't Tua going too late again? Like I'll this? tell you I'll tell you right now. I, I was the one saying that, but then I made that bet with Ed Rouse where, one, he, you know, it was I would have had to wear – if Tua finished as a QB 1, I would have had to wear a – Cowboys cheerleader outfit on his show. And if uh, he didn't finish as a QB one, he had to dress up as the nurse from blink One Eighty Two. I was sweating it, especially after that game with the Ravens where, you know, the, 
the Dolphins went crazy early in the season. I was like, oh man, I'm gonna be having to wear that. Yeah, Cowboys. I'm like, I could do some crunches, but you know, with the injury, I I got bailed out there. But I didn't feel like the winner at the end of the year when he had to put he had to put on those gloves, man. I was like, you know what? I kind of backdoor won this one, but yeah, got lucky yeah, so, on that one. I, I think I think two is an interesting spot just because again, his wide receivers are, are up there, and you talk about the other quarterbacks. If you want to compare it, where the top two, their top two wide receivers are X, Y in, in the in the ADP, and then you have Tua with his top two wide receivers, you know, going right up there in that those first couple rounds, and yet he's all the way down in round nine. So I like Tua for the stack because of just. The, the talent that is around him in that offense. I know they keep bringing in running backs and there's always rumors that Dalvin Cook could be a target should he be on the move. But uh, I do like Tua a lot here. And then Daniel Jones. I know you've been kind of an anti-Daniel Jones guy from the passing point of view here, but the guy ran for 700 yards and I would like to assume year two under Brian Dayball, we see Daniel Jones take a little bit of a step forward his wide receivers, I mean, he was throwing to Isaiah Hodgins and Richie James and guys you've never heard of. They didn't really do much to help that all that much. I know. They brought in more of those guys. They brought in they've more got, injured They have like 100, they have 100 yeah. uh, Sterling Shepherds now. Yeah, Darren right? Waller is one of the more injury-prone tight ends over these last couple of years. I like Jalen Hyatt. Wondell Robinson looked good, but he got hurt last year. But, like, in a perfect world, somebody stays healthy and they take that step forward in this offense. And I think Daniel Jones has an opportunity to outproduce where his ADP is going right now and finish again in the top 10. Well, I'll tell you this right now is that like, I've been the guy that I don't really love Daniel Jones, especially from a, just a real life NFL standpoint. I just worry that like maybe Brian Dable is a really good coach. And sometimes those guys, uh, when you're that good of a coach, you mask some of those deficiencies, right? We watched mm-hmm. Andy Reid make the playoffs a million years in a row with Alex Smith. Right. And then they finally said, hey, let's take a little shot on upside with this other guy. And it turned out that maybe Alex Smith wasn't that good, right? So I worry that maybe they're setting themselves up for something similar. Even then, Daniel Jones is a guy that I'm willing to take. Like if I have Darren Waller, I immediately start thinking, hey, why not? Right. This guy, not only is he the red zone threat, but this guy ran for 700 yards. Like that is a, that's a lot of yards. Even if it doesn't look as cool, even if he's not like shaking people out of their shoes like Lamar Jackson or spin moving people right. into the ground. Like he is accumulating the yards. Yeah. So you have to give him that. Not to mention, John, I the part that you kind of pointed out there, you alluded to, is that there's a lot of stacks you can potentially do for cheap in an ambiguous wide receiver pecking order. Right. Paris Campbell, I like taking Wandale Robinson if I have Daniel Jones. And in your redraft leagues, I know we're talking best ball today. That's such a good team uh, for if you have shallow benches in your league or even just medium benches, just to throw all those guys on the watch list because I'm going to do the snap count article for fantasy alarm. Like, like I typically do and week one, I'm going to come out and say, Hey, here's who ran the most routes. Here are the a dots for these guys. This is who we're picking up from a huge group of guys that are probably going to either be undrafted or just kind of sitting on the bottom of people's benches. Right? Like we don't know, like the list is, they have 14 guys under contract right now, John. Yeah. Obviously they're not going to carry all those guys, but a lot of those names are people that could either be not play at all, or they could start for that team. Isaiah, they have like every one of these names here uh, going off the top of my head, Jalen Hyatt, Darius Slayton. So Jalen Hyatt is a rookie who won the Blitnikoff award, lightning fast player, Jalen Hyatt, Darius Slayton, Isaiah Hodges are all going to be competing on the outside. And then towards the inside, uh, Wanda Robinson, uh, Sterling Shepard, Paris Campbell. Uh, they have Jamison Crowder over there now. Like the giant list of players where it's like, we don't know. So right. uh, definitely for, it, it's kind of hard in best ball because 
you know, you take one of those guys, you just need to make the team. So I'm not drafting a lot of Paris Campbell because I'm not really sure there, but right. I'll definitely in redraft, I'm going to be adding somebody from that group in leagues. No question about it. Where do you start taking your QB twos in best ball here? Cause I mean, this range, uh, if you're, if you're drafting a QB early, you're taking one of the top two or three guys. You probably aren't looking to draft another quarterback for a little bit, but we are starting to get into that QB two range. Obviously we're looking at, QB 13, QB 14. But like for you personally, would you go back to back Prescott Richardson? Would you take Richardson Tua? Like, you do, you know, want the, do you want the track? honest truth? The honest truth of what I'm doing right now until it changes in virtually every league. And I'm giving this away. I know we do the best ball drafts with all the family, uh, you know, the family members, the fantasy alarm members. Make sure you get in the Discord and do that with us. They already have seen it, they already know. But what I'm doing in virtually every league is I'm just taking Derek Carr. A couple rounds ahead of ADP. That's what I'm doing. I I believe that Derek Carr can, in his first year, uh, be a very solid quarterback with the Saints. And I I'm as somebody that uh, is a believer in Michael Thomas that did the research on the injuries he's had. I believe that Michael Thomas can bounce back and be a rock solid player. So if you like Chris Olave and you like Michael Thomas and I like Juwan Johnson and there be Rashid Shahid can bust big plays open and they've got two running backs now that are going to play, you know, with Jamal Williams and Kendra Miller and Alvin Kamara, we expect to be back by the time that matters most, which is championship. I don't see why Derek Carr should be going QB 20 off the board. So I sit here, I'm like, people are taking Kyler Murray ahead of Derek Carr. He's he might not even play at all half the season. And yeah, we were in a draft together where I had Michael Thomas and I was ready to queue up Derek Carr and you're picking right in front of me and you took Derek Carr and I was distraught. I so, know. Uh, was, well, because was... Britt Flynn, I know Britt Flynn kind of likes Carr too. And you, the, it was me and then the two you pick and then I pick again. And I was yeah. sitting there thinking to myself, because Britt already had two quarterbacks and you had one. So I thought about this situation. I was like, is Johnny going to do this here? And then I looked at your roster. So uh, I, w- I was ahead of that one, but normally I would let that QB slide and just roll the dice, but no, I'm taking a lot of Derek Carr. Like I'm taking him over uh, Rogers, to be honest, or not over Rogers. Rogers goes before every time, but I think he could easily outperform Rogers. And he's so much cheaper, right? Like Russell, well, I'm not taking Kyler Murray anywhere. I just, I don't believe in it. Um, it, The team is set to the Vegas has them with a four and a half over under win total. Right. Even if you expect that guy to come back halfway through the season, they still believe that that team is going to suck. And I believe it will. They're doing a rebuild with a new, uh, you know, a new uh, full front office, full coaching staff. Uh, their QBs hurt. Zach Ertz is probably going to start the season uh, either on the pup or coming, you know, just getting onto the field from this ACL. It is not a good situation there. So let me, uh, John, why don't you uh, yeah. hit the ADP for this next group of guys? We left off at Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones. Yeah, now we're on Geno Smith, yeah. Aaron Rodgers. Um, listen, I have – I have mentioned uh, on the last couple of streams here, I'm very weary of Geno Smith. Uh, I understand the season that they had last year was tremendous, um, you know, and I get that they've invested, you know, Jackson Smith and Jigba. They have DK Metcalf, they have Tyler Lockett. You know, again, we're, these are guys that I don't think we're looking to draft as our QB ones in most drafts. Now, again, you want to wait in quarterback and you want to start hitting double QBs on these rounds. Like that's fine. Um, I don't really have any shares of Geno, though. Um, I, I've actually looked – I have a couple of Aaron Rodgers uh, as a backup QB here. I like Russell Wilson as a bounce-back candidate, and we mentioned Derek Carr already. 
Um, I don't have any Kyler Murray because that injury situation, just that team. Uh, and Jared Goff, again, is a guy that doesn't feel all that sexy to me again. Uh, we've talked about the Detroit rebuild. Goff looked great last year, but, you know, how consistent is that? And would they be willing to pull a quick trigger if he struggles? Um, you know, to me, I, I, I don't really have much Goff either. Yeah, I run into trouble in that range too. So, I mean, I would group these guys all together. There's this three-round span here where you see everyone's trying to get their QB2. So it goes Geno Smith, right. Aaron Rodgers, uh, Goff, you pointed out, and then you get Russell Wilson, Kyler Murray, and then Derek Carr. With I always play a lot into the decision-making that I make at this range too because I have a quarterback obviously already that has the same buy as one of the quarterbacks that are in this spot. Uh, obviously, you're not, you're not going to double up your bye weeks here in best ball. Yeah, and there's a good good point in the chat that there's too much opportunity cost to double tap QB or even draft some of these QBs in the eighth, ninth, tenth round or so because of the opportunity cost of the RB dead zone and the RBs being generally pushed down this year. Like I and he's right that it's like I can't sit there and take my second quarterback or sometimes even my first when I can take Cam Akers, who you know looking like the starting running back of the Rams as we talked right. about in the run RB show or David Montgomery, right? Like. Dave Montgomery is going to be in that Jamal Williams role that scored a million touchdowns last year. You Devin think eight, that he's in that 18. role? Honest question. Because I've seen a lot of people tweet about this as well, kind of the analysis of David Montgomery. And I get that they signed him and Jamal Williams gone. And, and a lot of people were like, well, the obvious idea he is, is that he fills in that spot. But was he not in that spot because DeAndre Swift was made of glass and DeAndre Swift was just always hurt? And Jamal Williams got off to a hot start in those short yardage. I think the difference is that when you look around the room, like, well, first of all, look at what they pay David Montgomery. But even with Jameer Gibbs, uh, David Montgomery has 25 pounds on him. Like, he's sure. just a much bigger player. So unless he truly has, like, some sort of vision issues or uh, re issues really plunging it in, I think the best case scenario is, in a very, honestly, realistic scenario, given how good that line is now solid that offense is that we could see something like the saints in Alvin Kamara's rookie year where Alvin Kamara came out and he had 1500 yards from scrimmage, a lot of it receiving and yeah. he scored 13 touchdowns. But at the same time, Mark Ingram was still the early down back and he also had 1500 yards and scored 12 touchdowns. And both these guys were RB ones. I think Kamara was like RB three and Mark Ingram was RB seven. Like yeah. that could I, I've, I like that comparison because that's the obvious one to make. I guess my my only thing there is that just the round investment, right? They used a first-round pick on Jameer Gibbs. Uh, Alvin Kamara was a third-round pick. Now, he obviously exploded. He looked better than old man Peterson. And, and Ingram was, for whatever reason, always seemed like they were looking for a way to replace him. I, I agree with you, right? They brought in David Montgomery, and he, it naturally looks like a fit to that role. Um you know, I just, I, I just wonder, right? They they use a first round pick on a running back, right? Many people well, didn't think they even needed to use that pick on a running back because they brought in David Montgomery. Um, just devil's advocate, right? It's just I a matter of roles. Yeah, yeah. it's. I'm I think assuming that Montgomery yeah. taking that role over, and I, I don't know. I think it's two different roles. That's the that's the reality. Is I think that they're both going to play a ton. Like Legarrette Blunt and James White both played a lot sure. of football together. Right. And LeGarrette Blunt scored 17 touchdowns one year and James White was an RB1 another year. Like I I just don't see a world where like I, I would be shocked if week one uh Justin Fields scrambles around, throws a 45 yard ball to Darnell Mooney, and somebody just tackles Mooney in the end zone and they call pass interference. I would be shocked if they send J 
the 200 pound Jameer Gibbs down to plunge that one yard in because we know Jared Goff. You're talking about uh, Jared Goff there, right? Jared Goff is the least mobile. Oh, yeah. So, oh, sorry. Yeah. My fault. Yeah, yeah, Jared Goff. See, he throws it up to, I mean, they don't even have Marvin Jones. Yeah. They don't really have a deep ball target there. Almar St. Brown isn't allowed to leave 15 yards from the line of scrimmage. So they chuck it deep to Marvin Jones and he gets past the with you know so i would be very i'd be absolutely shocked if they send gibbs down at 200 pounds to plunge that in instead of the 225 pound david montgomery that's just where i'm coming from in that role but of course they're both going to play yeah yeah i'm just again a lot of people are, are drafting montgomery on the assumption that like all of a sudden those touchdowns are just being absorbed yeah. and i just want it because deandre swift was just so fragile that they didn't utilize him in that in that range. And Williams had a lot of success, obviously, in that role. So they were just like, heck, the man is just not being tackled inside the file. We'll just keep giving him the football. Um, I, I I'm tell just, you what, I'm, I'm it's going to be – see how that works out. I'll tell you, you want to stick – You want? I, I'm really trying to stick to these guys in best ball if possible. In full PPR, I'm drafting Gibbs, you know. Sure. But uh, it is going to be frustrating because if, you know, they send – there's going to be – worlds and and situations where david montgomery goes down there and dave montgomery gets stuff and then jameer gibbs comes on and they run some sort of like you know we, roll we out see them both on the field at the same time which rpos we saw with, yeah which we saw with swift and and williams right. last year as well yeah so, so there are going to be situations where you know it is an automatic touchdown but i could see dave montgomery scoring double digit touchdowns and i could see jameer gibbs catching like 70 balls you know in which case they're both Good picks at ADP. But anyway, this is the quarterback show. Quarterback Get back on track. Fair. All right. So uh Geno Smith, Aaron Rodgers, we're we're not really doing a whole lot of it. If you have certain stacks though, and you're you're really big on stacking, it could be like in that range, it's it's a tiebreaker situation. Uh what but by the time these guys are coming up, uh DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, Jackson Smith and Jigba, and also uh Garrett Wilson's off the board, and I think Alan Lazard's already off the board. So that might be the tiebreaker in that range if you're thinking about these two guys. I think it's close enough that if you yeah. have one of those Lazard's players in between Smith and Rogers, so like you're you're double yeah. tapping basically. I know it's not how ADP works, but it's funny that when you look at the columns on here, Aaron Rodgers lines up with the Christian Watson column, and Geno Smith lines up with the Tyler Lockett column, and DK Metcalf is right next to that. So yeah. uh, maybe there is a little bit of something to it in that in terms of where those ADPs fall. But yeah, I mean. I'm t- I'm willing to take Russell Wilson. I'm willing to take Derek Carr. I'm not really taking Kyler Murray. Where are you at on Jared Goff, John? He, he has zero mobility. I think. Yeah, like I said, I, I don't have I don't have any shares. Um, I have at, at this point in the draft, like I said, I've gone more Carr than Goff. Uh, they're you know near each other, and and at this point also uh, is usually where you and I talk. Like, just go get your guy. What does it right. matter? if you take Derek Carr in round 11 or round 12, right? Or if you're in round 10 and you don't like Geno Smith and Aaron Rodgers, take Derek Carr. What's like, what are you, what, what are you gaining waiting on your QB two? And he may not end up being there. So when we get this late in the draft, I'm kind of a, who you want, when you're, when you want kind uh, of guy, yeah. I don't really follow along uh, the ADPs per se. Um, Cause I want to start building my lineup. Like I have at this point, it's all depth. It's all alt stacks that you've started to build. Like, don't miss out on your Derek Carr, Michael Thomas stack because you wanted to wait two rounds for Derek Carr and he goes. Just take him in round eleven or round ten if that's what you want to do with a quarterback. Exactly. Yeah. So let's let's get into this next group here because it's kind of interesting. I mean, the reality is that so we just rattled off those guys. That's that's twenty QBs in underdog. Uh, the 
what we know about the big tournaments, the advance rates, you need to have two or three on your team. Generally speaking, if I take one elite guy, I'm only drafting one more. If I really wait on it, then I will consider taking three at times. Or if, sometimes I get to the end and I'm sitting there and it's just like Mac Jones is sitting there or like, uh, you know, based on his ADP, uh, some of these guys like uh, Jordan Love is just sitting there. I'll just take him. Just I'm like, you know what? This is the guy who's probably probably going to start uh, for most of the year here. So let me uh, I guess it is kind of just a pick your poison at this point. So I'm just going to highlight all these guys and where they're going at the end. Yeah, listen, I, I wrote the article on Trey Lance. Um, you know, it's a, he's an interesting character because he's being drafted ahead of Brock Purdy. Brock Purdy was the seventh round pick that came in last year, managed the offense, looked good doing it. You know, certainly commanded the huddle. The team rallied around him, looked great. Uh, but two years prior, the team traded all the way up to draft Trey Lance in the third round and he or third overall, and he just ended up getting hurt in his first real opportunity to start. Started one game that game in Chicago was that like wind hurricane game that they had to play in. And then the second game of the year, he broke his ankle. He's done for the season. That's like all we've right. seen of Trey Lance. He had very limited opportunities as a rookie playing behind Garoppolo. Um, did have a 20 fantasy point game there at the end of the season against Houston. And now you look at some of the reports early on, and a lot of that could be lip service, coach speak to try to up his trade value because there were rumors that they were maybe looking to move on from him. But he worked with like Patrick Mahomes, and he worked with the quarterback coach, and Everybody is saying that his mechanics are looking great and all of these, all of these things. There's right? videos, John. I've seen videos. So if that's the case, wouldn't it make sense for the 49ers to want to give the third overall pick Trey Lance an opportunity here instead of the seventh round pick Brock Purdy, who's coming off of a torn UCL and is throwing out elbow? That's that's he- the golden opportunity that they have. Right. That's there really is a golden opportunity that, that they have. Like, just tell the med- tell this guy, tell the medical staff, hey, we're gonna make sure you're 100 good to go and buy yourself a couple games to start Trey Lance. Like, right. just do whatever you can to extend that. You know, I know it's kind of pe- you know, people don't like that, but I mean I've seen plenty of times where a guy like Michael Thomas delays his surgery because he wants to, or right. the medical staff tells him you're going to try and play through this toe injury and then we'll do the surgery. It's like just set it up in a way that you that you that it's there's no controversy to it. This guy is hurt; he's not ready. This guy has been playing all the preseason games; he's going to start, and that gives you the benefit of the doubt. The only flip side, downside to that, John, is that if Trey Lance does fall on his face, he, and and you have to bench him and start Purdy, his trade value gets absolutely obliterated. That's the one part of it that I don't like, but I don't even care about trade value at this point. Just find out which quarterback is going to be your quarterback, the most important thing in this world, and then after that, figure out trade value. Yeah, so, I mean, obvious dart throw, right? Trey Lance, obvious dart throw, because you don't even know if he has a job, right? So, um, but the upside, the appeal of Trey Lance down here as a QB3, if you want to go there, um, or if you drafted one of the top four quarterbacks and you wanted a dart throw, like Lance is interesting to me because just if you look at this other group that's down here, you know, he has that 700 yard plus rushing potential, right? And and that that alone can boost you into being a top 10 quarterback. I, I compared Huge. it to Daniel Jones last year, 3,100 yards, 15 touchdowns, ran for 700 yards, top 10 quarterback. Kyler Murray as a rookie, you know, ran for the rushing yards, didn't have a lot of touch passing touchdowns, had decent yards. Jalen Hurts two years ago, again, all rushing yards, not a great passer. Last year, no, but as a rookie or second year in the league, only played 10 games, 
still right there as a top 10 quarterback just due to rushing. I think Lance has Josh that Allen. Josh Allen had a 52% completion percentage right. as a rookie. 58% his sophomore year. 58% his sophomore year was good for – so as a rookie, 38th of all the quarterbacks that threw even like a minimum amount. If you put everybody in there, he's like 70th. Yeah. But like if you actually set it at a minimum number of games, he's 38th. The next year, he improved to 31st in the league. We everyone forgets in hindsight, we were talking about whether this guy was even going to be an NFL quarterback, but at the same time, he was fantasy relevant the whole time because he was running the ball and he was scoring touchdowns, right? Then the next year, Stevon Diggs came in that jumped up to 68%, right? Monster jump went from two over two years, went from 52% to 68% and became the super mega study is, but everyone forgets that the only reason in fantasy communities, he was still really a thing is because of the rushing. So, yeah. uh, and same thing last year with Justin Fields. That team was throwing the ball an absurdly low amount of times, like the lowest we've seen in two decades, right? Like yeah. easily 15 years. Last time anyone was even close was 2009 Jets. So like, and he ran for a thousand yards. So we don't care. So like Trey Lance, okay. absolutely. I'm willing to, it's almost like think about Trevor Lawrence. Like his rookie year was a wash. Travis Etienne, his rookie year didn't happen. This is Trey Lance's rookie year if he does play. Yep. The moment he gets announced as a starter, where do you think his ADP ends up actually going, though, John? Because, like, right now you're, you're getting uh, at QB 24. I think he finds himself in the, in the Geno Smith, Aaron Rodgers range. He's got to go above. Yeah, because, like, right now you look at it. Like, there's no way. If if they said Trey Lance is a starting quarterback for this team, you're not drafting Matt Stafford. No, right? not Love, not Stafford, probably not Russell Wilson. Maybe not Goff, dude. Yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. No like, I, I think he goes in in that round ten. I think he probably start. You start looking at him. Jones, Cousins, Tua is probably where his his top end ADP goes. But the the helium on him is going to be ridiculous, right? Because all of a sudden now, Ayuk and Devo Samuel and George Kittle, that stack just becomes far more popular, right? I, I was thinking about uh, like Jared Goff and at QB seventeen this time last year. That team had better weapons, pretty much. Like, I mean, without Jameson Williams again for, for exactly, it's like literally it was like the same guys except for instead of Marvin Jones, you had DJ Chark, which I think DJ Chark just as good if not better. If you had TJ at the time, you had TJ Hawkinson, right? Yeah. And you were waiting for Jamo to come back, which is the same thing this year. And you know, Gibbs obviously an upgrade over Swift, but in terms of passing, I'm not even sure if it's like we think it's going to be better, but like. It's, is it going to be 800 passing yards better? You know, right. is it going to be 700 passing yards better? I don't know. I'm not entirely sure. So I'm not like that for a team that is trying to compete now. They didn't make as many let's win right now moves as I'd like to see. Yeah. And I, I, I agree with you. I mean, why, why is Adam Thielen on that team? Adam Thielen. Yeah. Well, they were obviously team. going into the year thinking they'll have Jamison Williams, Sam Laporta, and, and Amon Ross St. Brown as their primary. Right. Well, I've almost and then all of a sudden right. they lost two wide receivers to gambling suspensions. You know, and Marvin Jones is just supposed to be the veteran in the room, probably to like move them along. And now he, Marvin Jones is going to be their starting outside receiver to begin the year. So, like, you, know, you want to talk about a free dart throw? Marvin Jones for six weeks could could help maybe help you in best ball leagues here. So, uh, but again, that's that's wide receivers. We're talking quarterbacks. Am I? I, I lately I've had a little bit more interest in Kenny Pickett. Okay. I wanted to ask you about Kenny Pickett because yeah. I know Go he's ahead. kind of this year's he's kind of, we talked about Tua earlier where it's like, yeah. Hey, this isn't matching up Dude, mm-hmm. George Pickens. We talked about on the wide receiver show, George Pickens is going higher than Deontay Johnson, which it, I see it every draft. Somebody takes George Pickens and then somebody else immediately 
says, I'm going to take Deontay Johnson. Yeah. Like you've been doing to me, John, with when I take Rashad Bateman, you immediately take Zay Jones, right? Like it's the same thing where the moment Pickens goes, Deontay goes, and it's pushing their ADP up. Not to mention Pat Fryermuth is still being drafted as if he's going to be a top two target on that team or at least score some touchdowns. Yeah, I think they like it for the red zone. By the nature of that, you ha- I feel like you almost have to be interested in, in Kenny Pickett, John. You so you're coming around a little bit, or is this just because yeah, listen, I'm you're coming stacking? around because I believe in the system, right? Okay. I mean, I, you know, Tomlin, Matt Canada, Tomlin, yeah, Tomlin. Well, the, Tomlin's he's been the a winning coach in that organization forever. Right. They they have a, a set plan for their offense. The skill receivers are still really good on that team. Like he's not throwing a bunch of schlubs, right? Like. It, this isn't Daniel Jones where you look at the wide receivers, you're like, who's he throwing the football to? You know, Deontay Johnson's good. George Pickens looked really good at times last year. You know, I, I like Fryer Muth. I, I think he's proven to be a serviceable, if not above average, tight end when given the opportunity to be targeted in that offense. Allen Robinson's a ghost. I'm not really going to consider him at all, but they did make a move to, to get Allen Robinson on that team. The offensive line improved a little bit last year. They still have Najee Harris, who's an elite pass-catching running back. If Pickett, who they drafted in the first round, takes a step forward just this year with just more experience in the NFL, understanding the game speed, I, I think where he's going in drafts, there's there's some potential for him there uh, to be right. valuable. Let me ask you then. Right now, you're coming in here. Lance is gone. Stafford's gone. Jordan Love is gone. Uh, you have you look at the quarterbacks left. You don't have any real correlated stacks. So I'm painting this big picture. There's no stack advantage. Are you taking Kenny Pickett uh, or are you willing to go with one of these rookies? So Bryce Young, CJ Stroud, they're all going kind of in this range. Are Which way are you going? Um, you know, that's I a decision you got to make here. It's, yeah, I don't have any Bryce Young. Um, I believe I, you and I talked about it a little bit, but the screenshots of Bryce Young on the field, it just – it's terrifying to me. Yeah, like, he, I know. He, he looks a, like an eighth grader, like in the I, huddle, right? Like, I will say this though: it's almost like these reporters. It's like a contest to see who can get the worst angle. You know what I mean? They're like lying on the ground and like just put, putting like a you know one of the tight ends, like Mo Ali Cox, or you know, you can't I know he's not there, but like one of the than five eight. Like I'm sorry, I know. He, I know. That, the helmet is as wide as his shoulders are. Right? He just, I don't know how he's an NFL quarterback just from the photos I've seen. That being said, I, I don't really have any, any Bryce Young yet. Um, CJ Stroud, I've taken a little bit. I've taken some Jimmy Garoppolo here because you're throwing to Devontae Adams, so you know right. why not? Uh, but, yeah, listen, if I haven't taken Trey Lance uh, in this range and I'm looking for that quarterback, I've taken Kenny Pickett and I've taken a little bit of Mac Jones. Homer pick, maybe, hoping they get a real right. offense back there. Uh, and they, they do something there, but you know, that's I kind just of like, like the range I've been in. My Homer, my those are there is a part of Homerism in me that makes it so I don't reach for him typically, but like I a lot of times I won't let him go undrafted. So I get to the 18th round here, and I my I just say to myself, I'm like, somebody needs to draft Mac, somebody needs to draft a starting quarterback. Yeah, the dude, they brought in a real offensive coordinator, he looked good as a rookie last year, was an absolute dumpster fire because they had a defensive coordinator and a special teams coach flipping coins on who was calling plays. They brought in Juju Schuster. They brought in Mike Kosicki. Like those are indications again to me that they're doing something to try to help the passing offense. Right. So I'll tell you, it's not, and we're, we're going to, we're going to see, we've seen it before where like Trevor Lawrence, I'm not saying that Mac Jones is Trevor Lawrence, but urban Meyer, that team was awful. It was so poorly run. 
He had no chance to succeed. And then you bring in Doug Peterson and everyone's like, oh, this guy is good. Right. Maybe he was good the whole time. And that same thing goes potentially for Russell Wilson, where it's like maybe Nathaniel Hackett is just not meant to be a head coach. And when Sean Payton and Joe Lombardi come in, it's going to look real. That could very well happen with Bill O'Brien and Mac yeah, Jones. We kind of skimmed over Russell Wilson, but you want to talk about doable sacks there. Corton Sutton's like free in drafts. He's my free. Uh, if you look again, I, I said Chase Claypool. I think Sutton's my number two most rostered wide receiver. Um, and you can get Russell Wilson all the way down here, round 12. Jerry Judy is what? Is it the third or fourth round going off the board? So uh, yeah. a very doable stack there, Russell Wilson. And I just look at, you know, I look, yes, Russell Wilson definitely. I I have a bit of Russell Wilson because I believe that in Sean Payton. Well, you know, that's, that's, yeah, that's what I'm drafting. You'll now, give him a bounce back opportunity here, you know? I look at Mac Jones and like people, if I'm looking at the, this group of guys, the real question you're asking yourself is what are the, what's the chances they get benched, right? right? And you look at Brock Purdy, Sam Howell, Desmond Ritter, all going ahead of Mac Jones. I think there's a much more real chance. I mean, Trey Lance and Brock Purdy are both going in this range. Spoiler alert, people, only one of those guys is going to be playing quarterback for the 49. More so, people willing to take Trey Lance than they are Brock Purdy at this point. I mean, look right. at the, just the ADPs, obviously, right? Like, I'd almost rather draft Jacoby Brissett than Sam Howell. I was like, going to say, I've seen a lot of conversations about that being a real competition. Most people are just assuming Sam Howell has the job, but you yeah. know, Jacoby Brissett looked okay last year with Cleveland uh, filling in for him. Not really for fantasy purposes. He wasn't like a great fantasy quarterback, but... We're not, you know, they're in Washington uh, commanders aren't playing fantasy football. They're trying to win football games. And so, I'll tell you about the hot take from uh, better boss, Matt Deutsch, who t- typically joins us in the chat. He has joined us in a few of these best ball leagues. I mean, he is confident that Taylor Heineke will be, will be the starting quarterback at some point for the Falcons. And he's right. taken him. He took him in our, uh, the, the big industry best ball draft that we did with like Josh Larkey and uh, Jim Coventry and those guys. He, he took him in that draft. Right. So for me, I look around and I'm like, Mac Jones, nobody's taking daily zappy, but at the same time, they have no interest in Mac Jones. Uh, right. As we as we round this out, John, uh, we just we just mentioned Jacoby Brissett. There's a number of guys that are going quote unquote undrafted in underdog based on ADP. They do get drafted from time to time, and I, there's one of them that I'm drafting fairly regularly. But based on ADP, they go outside the first 18 rounds. So we're talking the 32nd on quarterback off the board, Baker Mayfield, uh, Will Levis, QB 33. Ryan Tannehill, QB 34, Sam Darnold, QB 35, uh, Jacoby Brissett. I got to pull up the, the ADP that's even deeper than this, but Jacoby Brissett is in that mix. Yeah. Who are you most interested in of this crew? That's just like, you can just have them. If with your last round pick, uh, you, you know, you don't have, you don't have to take them before the last round, but in the last round, you might say, Hey, you know what? I'm grabbing this guy. I mean, doesn't it seem like Will Levis has the easiest path to a job here? I mean, we're not expecting much of, the, of that Titans offense. They they drafted him. A lot of people like are enamored a little bit with the prospect of him. Uh, and if this offense just isn't moving the football through the air and they're a middling 500 team, like why wouldn't Tennessee pull the trigger and, and say the future is here now, right? So I, I kind of like taking Tannehill sometimes, though. I'm not going to lie. If they, do, if they bench Tannehill, I'll tell you this. From a real-life football standpoint, if they bench Ryan Tannehill, they should immediately trade Derrick Henry, immediately, because he's going. He's he's just he's 29 years old. Like you're not going to win if if you've already benched Ryan Tannehill for the rookie quarterback, you're not winning this year. You should trade. Well, I, I so Henry. I would agree with that to an extent, but you have to see what Levitz brings you, right? Like 
there's we see rookie quarterbacks sometimes can come in and, and spark offense like and, one time, dude. Twice uh, I've well, seen it. I've seen Deshaun actually go at Deshaun Watson before he got hurt as a rookie. Yeah, he was very very good. Right, and the other one was Ben Roethlisberger. Like, mm-hmm. how many of these guys are are as rookies? Do we say this guy could win the whole thing? Right. No, listen, that that I understand, but it's also about putting yourself just in contention. You, you don't want to put a rookie in and then take away everything he's got to be successful, right? So yeah, you want to see true. what he can be in your offense. And you're right, you're not saying like the day they bench Tannehill, they ship Derrick Henry out the door, but you want to give Will that. Levis an opportunity to... I am saying that day, they, the same day. The be, same in the, day. be in the offense, right? And and see what he can do with, with a legitimate running back and maybe... You know, my biggest concern with Tannehill is who is he throwing the football to, right? He's mm. I, I like Traylon Burks, and we, we like Chig Congo a little bit here, but like we love Chig Nick, yeah, Nick Westbrook Akine is like their wide receiver too. So you know, that's that's like my my worry there with uh, with Tennessee is they don't really have much else on that on that roster to help out Tannehill. Uh, the schedule is also the schedule is also pretty rough, so there's not even really a good time to be like, "Hey, let's build this confidence by, you know, Ben giving him a start." Like the schedule is like Saints the first week, which would be Tannehill, Chargers, Browns, Bengals, Colts, Ravens, Falcons, Steelers, Bucks, Jags. Panthers. I mean, there's not a whole lot of soft spots. Maybe well, against, the, the second half of that schedule at least has some other bottom feeders, likely. That's so. yeah. Yeah, you wait. Maybe you wait. At the end of the year, if you're gonna give Tannehill most of the year and then and then bench him, maybe you start. Maybe you let Will Levis start against the Texans, Seahawks, Texans, Jaguars. If they're like if they're like three and six through halfway through the year, like Levis probably becomes the quarterback and so. trade Derrick Henry. <laughs> we'll we'll see if they trade Derrick. Cash him out. Cash him uh, out. That's going to wrap up this week's quick out fantasy football podcast and live stream here, uh, breaking down uh, QB ADPs on best ball over an underdog. Uh, well, next week we'll be talking tight ends to wrap up our ADP series. Again, uh, sign up at Underdog Fantasy. Use promo code FANTASYALARM. You go to fantasyalarm.com slash underdog, uh, and you can take advantage of the 100% deposit match up to $100. Also sign up at fantasyalarm.com slash all pro, promo code NFL50, or promo code COOP will get you 50% off. Uh, for the first six months, and that gets you access to our premium Discord channel there, uh, where we're running these best ball drafts with the family. So you can get in there, draft with myself, Andrew Cooper, Howard Bender, Britt Flynn, Kev Tompkins, Justin Reeling, Colby Conway, Dan Maland, uh, James Grande, the whole crew uh, is in there. Coop's moving our screen all around. I'm trying to fix this. I can't get it. We'll be back next week, guys. Uh, hit us in the Discord. Hit us on Twitter. We'll talk to you all later.